This should be fun! Family, don't end with blood. I regret this already. Hello! Nam idiot, see ya! Lilu Dallas Multipass. Give him the bits! The bits! The bits! The things I do for love! I will never, ever turn my back on people who need me! Only warning I've got for you this week is just be aware of a mic glitch that happens at some point in the episode. I tried to cover it up. Sorry. Have fun. Brainwash? Brainwash. That one. <laughs> Hello. And welcome back to... <laughs> That's the word today. <clears throat> Why should I watch that? Why should I watch that? Why should I fucking watch that? <laughs> We're back from our unscheduled uh, mental breakdown break. Hello. Yay. Who are we? I'm not a, here, invisible me. That's a loaded question. <laughs> I'm ill-prepared to answer this. I'm Sailor Moon. I'm queer. <laughs> Happy Pride Month. <laughs> Happy Yay. Pride Month. I got a pride pillow today. I'm so excited about it. I'm so happy for you. You know it's, what? It's really good, actually. It's yeah. not. It's not a terrible pride pillow. No, there. There have Did been. Did you think my room was gonna choose a terrible pride pillow? No, but I have seen some terrible ones advertised this year, and <laughs> yeah, we all have TikTok. We've seen it. No, it's. No. I bought it with my mom too, and she's like, "I like it." <laughs> Truest ally. Yes. Uh, so what are we watching this week? Um, this show about a cat. It's not even a cat. <laughs> it's not she, even a cat, but like she, she looks like a cat. She should probably just be a cat. There's no other cats like her in the world. So like, well, at, mm-hmm. well, technically the show one. Well, no, in season one, they imply that there are other cats. If you when? look at the, the, okay. So you know how, when they had the, anyway, before we She-ra. get that, She-ra. <laughs> She-ra and Cat-ra. Catra. Catra. I just think it's funny that it's spelled cat raw. It is. Let me keep my joke. None of you can stop me. <laughs> um, I've seen this before. Do you guys want to do first impressions? Uh, real quick, before we, before we do, if you happen to hear some popping, we have a new fidget toy, so like, don't, don't hate us. Um, <laughs> Maybe put it on the blanket? That's so fucking smart. Wait, where's the blanket? In her lap. It's so, dude, that was really smart. Okay. Um, yeah, first impressions. I, going into this show, all I knew was what the internet told me, and that it was lesbians with swords. Mm-hmm. Now that I've seen it, you're gonna, you're gonna be fucking shocked. Um, it is lesbians, get this, with swords. Um, I, I will say that the, like, like, it for like to get a little serious um the actual plot uh from the beginning 
didn't go the way that I anticipated it. I thought I had, like, a good handle on, like, what happened in the show because someone that I know won't shut up about it. And a bunch of people on the internet also won't shut up about it. So, like, I, I, had, a, I had a feeling that I knew, like, okay, so this, this girl and this cat were friends and the cat betrayed her and, well, now they're just on opposite sides of a war and... It's, it was a lot different than what I thought I was walking into. Um, they took some stances on that trope that I wasn't prepared for. Um, it, was, it, it was a pretty good first episode to get you hooked, and it, it had a pretty good plot. Uh, yeah, that was my first impression. Yes, me. <laughs> I was like, why are you staring at me? Because <laughs> I'm trying to remember what I told you what I thought about it. You shouldn't have asked me. You said everyone was gay. That's oh well, yeah. Oh, that's just true. That's just true. Yeah. Uh, no. No one on that show was a hundred percent straight, except maybe the boat guy. No. And even then, the you boat can still guy. Say I ship it. <laughs> he's blaming. Uh, uh, if you think they might be straight, they're probably canonically bisexual. Fair. The only one I'm not going to say straight, gay, or anything is the 11-year-old, because they still don't know what they want. They, they are a child. What were your first impressions? We're jumping ahead. Um, I had a whole thought. A Here whole last a thought. thought. Oh, shit. And Sam asked me earlier, and I was like, <clears throat> oh, I know what it was. I, I went into the show going, I'm going to hate it. I'm just going to hate this show. It's going to be awful. And it's going to be... Some sort of like I knew I knew you had told me that it had a lot of you know gay couples and this and I was like nah the first episode I'm like oh this is some queer baiting shit I'm not I'm not believing this this is bullshit mm-hmm. and then I saw the fucking rainbow horse thing <laughs> and I was like this is definitely some queer baiting and then I saw the rest of the show and I was like but I need to know the rest who's together. I can't stop watching. Why can't I stop watching? I need to know more. I hate you, Sam. You're welcome. I would like to add an addendum to mine that I kind of only just realized. I think as someone who is on the uh, trans mask spectrum of like gender expression, uh, getting into this show was like a struggle for me. Not, Not because of like... I am someone who likes to find someone in a show and really identify with them and kind of stick to them. And for the first time in a long time, thank you, inclusivity of television, um, my options were two dumbasses. (laughs) And not even the fun kinds. Um, I, like, I'm used to being able to be like, look at all of these potential, like, like, favorite characters. Look at all of these people that I could be like, I want to cosplay that one. And not have to, like, be like, well... This doesn't match with my gender expression. I, ooh, what do I do? Like, it, that, that was that was something that I didn't realize was going to be like an actual like issue. I don't think it's a problem per se, but for me, it was it, it's something I didn't expect to struggle over, and then did. You good? Who who who'd you end up kidding? No one. No one at all. The horse was pretty lit. <laughs> Dude, that fucking horse. Look, my, my options were a guy who just likes setting his boats on fire for fun. <laughs> or, or a very happy idiot. And that's not my flavor of idiot. Yeah, that's fair. That, that's very fair. Um, 
Not to say I didn't like him. I just I can't. I can't claim him. <laughs> I mean, yep. I, like I said, I went into the show going, Sam is lying to me. I don't want to watch oh, this. I would never. Look, never, never expect a queer to queer bait you. That's the last thing we're gonna do. Well, and they even give you a, a, a canon queer couple in season one. Mm-hmm. I know. Okay. I know. I love them because they can come in and go, bitches. We do shit. <laughs> I love that they just show up all the time, and everyone's like, "What do you even do?" And they make it a point to just be like, "You're just here." And then at the end of the episode, at the end of the season, they're just like, "You do realize that we have like talent, right? Like we're." We're it's in our name. <laughs> okay, so do we want to jump into this? Sure. Uh, you get to read the synopsis to the show. I'm definitely ready to do that. Let me um, prove to you that I'm ready to do that real quick. All right. She-Ra and the Princess of Power is set on the planet Etheria. And f- actually, I would like to try something. Oh, spicy. I'm going to try and summarize it myself, and then I'm going to read this. Okay. Because it's just one, two sentences. All right, so here's my take on it. Two lesbians get into a fight over some uh, political issues. Uh, they unfriend each other on Facebook multiple times, through, go through this process of unfriending and friending and unfriending and friending. Um, eventually have like a fallout. Uh, found family trope happens. And then, um, boom, we've got a war. There's rainbows. There's a talking horse. And also this bomb-ass fish lady. I don't know. She's really funny. I love her. <laughs> um that's my version. Here's the official version. She-Ra and the Princess of Power is set on the planet Etheria and follows the stories of Adora and Catra, orphans who were raised to be soldiers in the Horde. They are part of an evil army led by Hordark. Hordak. 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 <laughs> but evil army. They are part of an evil army led by Hordak, a tyrannical despot who dreams of conquering the planet. I forgot about that part. That's the summary of She-Ra and the Princess of Power, season one. Okay. Um, <laughs> the power I... of spite, ladies and gentlemen, is alive and well. Of course it is. Um, What's spite? Anyways. Um, Director? Information? We, yeah, so. Brief. brief. Sorry. Um, Just remind Based me. off of She-Ra, the original... 80s? Yes, we already established that. Uh, yes. yes. None um, of us watched it. None of us watched it. Um, apparently it's on Hulu, though, if you care to watch it. Um, developed for Netflix by Noelle Stevenson. Um, there is a grand total of five seasons of varying episode length. Episode length? How do you say it? I don't Episodes know why you per season. That. They're all 25, 25 minutes. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, no, no. But each season is not like... Season one has 13... we season one, so... Right, right, right. First season is 13 episodes of about 25 minutes. Um, there are 52 episodes. We're only doing season one. We're only doing season one, though. Um, you can watch it on Netflix. Yes. Because it is a Netflix show. Yeah. I mean, that's really budget. it. Budget? That doesn't... That's the only thing that's left. Uh, no, no budget oh. listed in the immediate information. 
but it was originally released in 2018. Concluded in 2020. Oh, it's over. Yes. Isn't it? Isn't it over? <laughs> Wrong gay show. Still gay aliens. Yeah, gay aliens. <laughs> um, so confused. Steven Universe. Ah, okay. She won and she chose you and she loved you and, and she's, she's gone. gone. It's over, isn't it? Why, Why can't, can't I move on? Um, yeah, that's that's really the bulk information. Obviously, it's you know, she action, advent, fantasy flavor. Um, so yeah. Going into the discussion. Wait, we skipped straight over Ooh Shiny, guys. Did anyone have anything fun from this? I mean, there's... I know that um, in the background of the scene of the princess, while Taco and Kravitz can be seen, that's something that I knew from before I even watched the show. Someone screenshot it. That's true. And then... Wait, um, Taco and... Kravitz, Kravitz. From the Adventure Zone. From the McElroys. Okay, so they totally stole... Get, uh... No, no, no! Yeah. I don't. I don't think they stole Geralt. I'm pretty sure they add like when they were finishing up the show, because Shira has a unicorn. Yeah, in I the, know. Like I don't. I don't. I didn't watch it, but I know that. Um, like, I think the personality. <sighs> Geralt does not act like that. He doesn't. Geralt is one cool horse. That's He's true. Just true, there true. to vibe. He true. runs on cool vibes. True. True. Myra's um, just not in it today. The, You're good. Uh, Noel and her and their wife can be seen in the Princess Prom as well. Um, they're a little. They they make a little cameo during like the grand. Who, who's Noel? Yeah, the creator, oh, the I adapter didn't... for Netflix. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, I, I didn't know who the fuck Noel was. <laughs> I thought we were talking about the Adventure Zone still. I was like, Noel didn't get married. She died. I know. Spoilers. Sorry. <laughs> we'll bleep it out. <laughs> Noel. <laughs> oh my god, I'm gonna static that shit. <laughs> um, there is a, a fandom theory that Noel, the adapter for the Netflix show, wrote a fanfic explaining Catra's uh, origins, but it's not confirmed. Um, but it's one of the most beloved fanfics in the fandom. Um, Have you read it? I started to read it and then got thoroughly distracted because work was held this week. Um, it's sad, though. The first chapter's sad. What? What? Sad. Uh, I couldn't imagine. From Catra? Sad. What? What? Um, there's rumors of a movie being developed, but like that, nothing's confirmed. Maybe um, we'll cover the movie when it comes out. If we have seen the whole show by the we have seen the show by then. Well, uh, now I have to see a Sailor Moon movie, so I'm sorry. <laughs> Anyways. I'm um, going back to watching Futurama. <laughs> no offense. I just, I want my comfort show back. You're, you're valid. Um, season five. Those are the ones I can think of off the top of my head. Um, okay. Noah regularly does, like, sketches and stuff that she posts of, like, little fan art of... Catra and Adora. Is it fan art Wait, if it's is your it fa- show? If it's fan art, is it fan art or is it canon? Because she she's the creator. Well, I mean, they did um, a it, mermaid AU recently. So, like, 
I don't I don't know. If they dictate if they if they say it's an AU then it's an AU. If they don't specify then you can just take it as canon. That's fair. Um honestly you could probably take the AU as canon too if you just wanted to be a dick like that. Welcome to fandom. But yeah, that's really it. Do we want to jump into Let's just jump right into let's it. Let's jump right into this this No, let's tap our toes. I'm I'm sorry, what? I'm in Deborto's. <laughs> that doesn't change anything. <laughs> okay, Deborto's in it. That was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I it was good. I love this show. Yeah, that was it. We're dipping our toes, so we're not going <laughs> dip, good, bad. Can't let's jump in. <laughs> no, no, we're di- toes dipped. That's it. It's like you're getting a non-committal. Okay. I mean, it's warm. Let's jump in. This tea is oh. hot, and you're jumping into it. Oh wow! All right. <laughs> It's just the perfect temperature. Okay. Let's go. Do we want to start with Adora? That is there for repetition. Okay. But we can yes. start there. Because Adora might be the only character's name that I will ever know off the top of my head for the rest of this fucking podcast. That and Bo. Because Adora, I don't, fuck Bo. I don't, I, I, shh, I will never remember his name sooner than I will Adora's. Because okay. I see this show, and I think, oh, it's Adora again. Because the amount of times they put her name on loop in this show is infuriating. <laughs> to the point where I remember it now, so, like, what the fuck does that mean? No, that, I agree with Jay. That was, They do say it a lot. A I lot? Really so much. <laughs> a lot? A lot. A lot. The first episode, I think you could turn it into a drinking game and you'd get alcohol poisoning, oh probably. Dude, the first three episodes, the second she touches that sword, it gets worse. Yeah, that's fair. That's very fair. You said you wanted to start with Adora. That's all I've got on Adora. That's why it's up there on the board. Yeah. On the Aborda. Because <laughs> I'm tired. Also, I, I I hate to say this because I know the, the memes of... Um, Catra going, hey, Adora, mm-hmm. um, is really popular, but the, the repetition of her name throughout the rest of the show in the moment really takes away from those scenes. I thought they were going to be very impactful scenes that were like, oh, no, the name has come up again, spoken by the one person. That's like an attention getter. But with how often they say Adora's name in the background, for me, it was coming across as like, it's Adora again. Oh wait, I should be paying attention. It's it's Catra saying it. Like I was missing the the dramatic cue because of how often they say her name. That's fair. Yeah, it was uh it was um a bit much. Um and that's even for me. It's coming from No, me. I I had the very same reaction when um Katie forced me to watch it. Uh-huh. Blame it all on Katie cuz honestly Katie, this one's for you. <laughs> All for you, bud. Um, got this chest for you. Keep your Adora. <laughs> but like, yeah, that's that's all I had on that. I'm sorry that that was kind of a weird place to start out. I'm vibe. Sorry. No, it's okay. Um, pairing, I guess. What? Or do we do we want to go to? Um... Since we're doing a repetition, repetition, but I'm not saying Oh, Griffin makes an early show, uh, early showing today. I'm usually here pretty early. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, we, how about we go into the fact that they pulled 
her freaking transformation and it makes you for like 10 seconds every time they do it. Voltron's worse. You, it's no, not a competition. No, 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 no. For every time they do it, you're you the first couple of seconds you're like, "Oh, it's the Sailor Moon transformation." I think that was kind of intentional. Yeah, for for me, I I I found it coming from more of a nostalgia aspect, like an homage. Yeah, I mean, I I, I did feel a nostalgia, but it made me want to watch Sailor Moon so bad. <laughs> That's because you're obsessed with Sailor Moon. Well, that, and like I said at the beginning, we're coming off of a mental health break. So, like, that could also be speaking words. Oh, it's one fair. of your comfort shows. Yeah. We're coming back from some issues. I might watch Sailor Moon. Please don't bring up Sailor Moon again unless it's actually <laughs> relevant to the discussion. But no, I think it is in this moment because... No, um, no, no, in this while, moment. While we didn't actually get to lace it through and watch any of the original show, I, I have, like, cultural knowledge of it, and I did do a little bit of research. Not I, we did a little bit of research into it before jumping into it today. And um, they do have a, like, semblance of a of a transformation for her in the original series it's just not the same it's not the same and and looking at her transformation from the original to now like in the original she's the same height hair's the same way outfit is pretty much the same Mm -hmm. it just changes colors i wonder i wonder if that's due to it being a spinoff though because shira is a spinoff of um he-man and oh whatever. the the, the sure. whatever it is oh yeah I, so I, I, skeletor I, exists in this universe yes hypothetically everybody stop the presses we're going to find skeletor <laughs> fuck this show like th- he's in there somewhere i don't i mean anymore. maybe that's what the movie will cover maybe he-man will come in <laughs> be like i've not even seen he-man i just know <laughs> skeletor dude everybody knows skeletor no but um <laughs> the, the jaw um anyway i I mean i know it's i knew it was a spinoff because they do the same sword thing that Mm -hmm. he-man does Mm -hmm. so i knew it was a spinoff i i've seen some of he-man and i knew that but what i'm saying is like the transformation doesn't feel organic in the old one sure in this one it feels like it does feel a little more fluid, but it's interesting to see how they switch, change her completely. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't keep her, like, she's a completely different person. She's oh. not the same uh, person. I, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Um, no, I'm because of your face. Like, no, no, no. He, ha- he has his, his card up. I have two questions. Yes. Uh, for our local Sailor Moon expert. Was the anime airing around the 80s? I think it was in Japan. Okay, so that, that could be where the influence inherently comes from, just by, you know, the reboot mimicking it in that, like, style. Because in retrospect, they are of the same era. That that could be... That's where my brain went. Two, um, what if... And I don't know, because again, we haven't gotten to do a lot of research into the original. What if... Um, the original is a precursor to the spinoff because they say that there hasn't been a She-Ra for a thousand years. Maybe the last She-Ra was the last show. That's cool. Mm. It's not, it's not the original. Well, 
the originals did still have all the same characters. Yeah, but you know how Avatar The Last Airbender does that thing where your friends are every like born every time you're born or whatever? Right, 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 Maybe, right. Maybe, I'm, I'm trying. No, I mean, it makes sense, because especially because of the, it, it would make sense because of the animation style also. Mm-hmm. Um, my my gripe with the change is in any other transformation change it's the outfit that changes i do like the fact that they change her hair but the fact that they make her bigger buffer it's like she can still be the same girl she can still be that same height doesn't have to change how buff she is change her hair change her outfit and she's still she-ra so for me, it was kind of like the incarnations of She-Ra were giving her strength. Like, okay, Deku. Okay, but why are they making her bigger? It's a magic sword. She goes from five foot five to freaking six foot. If I may um, use this as a cool way to transition, um, I would like to argue that the choice in making that design was to um, further the inclusivity that the show tries to have. Okay. Because they try really hard in the, all of their character design that we've seen, in, at the very least in season one, to have different body types, to have different character designs. It's not the same face plastered, or the same body with a different face plastered on it a million times. Having, for, for me, having Adora turn into... For, to, to embody strength, to turn into an actual stronger person. For me, I liked that, like, okay. mentally. Because she's physically stronger now. So you would have more muscle just from being stronger. And for me, if we're, like, it, coming from the light of how they're trying to, like, you know, have different people in the show, I really liked that. Because a lot of shows kind of shy away from giving female presenting people muscles of any kind. So that is not so bad. It, I guess to me, it was more the she goes from being five foot five to being six feet. I think it's also an element of all I want to do is see you turn into a giant, giant woman. Giant woman. Um, Sorry. Because no, you're good. No, no, no. Yeah. Um, it also represents like Adora's. I don't want to say truest self, but her. I, who she hopes to be, who she wants to be, like the person she strives to be. She-Ra represents what Wait, wait, Adora... wait, are we talking about Adora further on? Because this is not who Adora wants to be at the beginning. Not the whole princess thing, but like She-Ra's strength and power and abilities, they're all very useful. And if she had that and it, without the princess tie... It would have made her an amazing. Okay, wait. Where are you going with this? I know because now you're now I'm confused because what Adora wants to be in season one is understand what the fuck is going on in her life and then fix her friends. Well, she she, at the start of season one, she wants to be the strongest, most capable force captain she can be. And she always, she has this element and this undercut of, am I strong enough? Am I good enough? So hypothetically, wouldn't the sword have actively not worked for her then? Yeah, because then she was Until going she went to... through some mental blocks? 
she was going to That's get- some later season shit. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm you just... want to say the sword does what she wants. What I'm saying is... That's, that's season two shit, Jay. <laughs> I don't know this. Turns into a coffee pot. <laughs> say that louder again. No. What? No, the sword turns into a coffee mug. Yeah, it's fucking weird. And a loot. Okay, this brings up a new issue, <laughs> but I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait until we can properly... Um, can we talk more about inclusivity? Can we get off this sure. topic? Sure. Yeah. Sure. I feel like it's just a lot of a lot of issues that is coming from us not knowing enough. That's, that's fair. Yeah, uh, I mean... I, I do agree with you on the inclusivity. I like that they didn't just show peop- white people. Yeah. Like, I, I think one of the only white characters that we see in the first, like, good bit is the one who was raised to be a dictator. Just saying. It, the one we see is the one who's, like, raised to kill and pillage. So, like, thank you, Europe, for the inspiration. <laughs> I mean, or yeah. not Europe. Sorry, thank you, England, for the inspiration. Yes, credit in the comments. There's only two white people actually, and the other one is Shaggy. Who? I mean, he's literally Shaggy. No, 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 no. The what? The little blonde kid that nobody talks to. Kyle. I love Kyle. He's Shaggy. I'm thinking nobody to myself. Nobody takes I swear him seriously. I'm thinking to myself, I swear to God, if there was a character named Shaggy and I fucking missed it, I'm going to leave the podcast right now. I didn't remember his name because nobody talks to him. First of all, he's not even that competent. You're you're giving him all this credit of Shaggy level competency? Shaggy's not competent. Excuse me? Kyle's high most of the time and spends most of the time talking to a dog. They're very different energies, though. No, they're not. Yes, they are. Listen. The only difference is, Ky- if you give Kyle some pot, he's shaggy. That's fair. It's kid shaggy. You don't have the information I do, so I'm trying to keep my mouth shut. Thank you. I'm going based we, on season, season one. one. This is a season one victory and potentially a season two through six defeat. Okay? There's I don't care. I said what I said. Season six is now the movie. TBD. <laughs> it's it's a season one victory and a season two loss. Listen, I would die for Kyle. As would anyone. He's shaggy. He's just a good kid. Yeah. Exactly. He's We're shaggy. Not disagreeing. Okay. <laughs> I don't want any. Listen, this feels like Kyle slander. No, we're we're just commenting on the fact that he he kind of looks like Shaggy and kind of acts like Shaggy. Without he kind of act like seriously, but what I was going with either you get evil of a dictator or Shaggy as your examples of white, which is fair. Which is fair. You you either get pansy ass bitch, or um I don't I physically don't know how to relax, so I'm just going to sit here with repression. <laughs> On the beach. (laughs) There's so much refreshing. I know. Yes. And then, and then you get introduced to our only, like, I would say, actual black character, because she has Mm -hmm. the aesthetics of. Because all the other ones are still not 
ethnically different? Or? They could be, they could, okay, allow me to uh, better word this. They yes. could be read as either people of color or um, of a different descent, like Latina or um, yes, thank you. Uh, maybe Italian, something like that. I wouldn't um, say Italian. I would say I'm. I'm trying to Greek. Yeah, people headcanon Catra as a cat. Yeah. Persian. We're moving on. She's I, a cat. I wasn't talking about Catra. <laughs> Persian, you bitch. I wasn't talking about Catra, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking. I'm still talking about the first five minutes. I'm sorry. I'm still on. Did you? Okay. I'm gonna say the joke again because I think you might have missed it. People headcanon Catra as Persian. Oh God damn it! Okay, there we go. No, I was talking. First of all, changing it. I was talking about the the other girl that's with them when they're about to go into the fight thingy majigger and they're like where's Katra? oh um oh lonnie yes, i love her lonnie yeah and that's she's who, so mean she's, she has so many rights she's definitely that's who i was talking about she's definitely someone of color what i would say most people portray pe- black people to be or yeah because i think she has like corners yeah. yes and that's who i was talking about and yeah. i thought it was good that the first couple instances that you see them that you see that she's very competent and that she's very smart. Mm-hmm. But she's not a teacher's pet. She's not a teacher's pet. Also, on that same note, in the first five minutes, um, instead of getting the typical useless girl trope, you get the useless guy trope. Yeah. Like, before you know anything about the characters, you get, um, listen, here's some people of color and also the only person who's going to fuck up on this mission is the dude so you yeah. now know where our our things lie you have skinny little white bitch a lizard man <laughs> i want to know this lizard man's backstory i have so many feelings <laughs> uh i believe his name is whatever regalio sure sure i don't something like that he's evil the, I, he's I, evil I, right now so i don't care yet you will I said yet. Um, I said yet because before I knew they were evil, I went, ooh, what's your story? The whole time <laughs> I found out they were evil. And I said, ooh, backing up now. I'm not really, I don't really want to stand a Nazi. Can we, like, chill? We get Lonnie and then um, Adora shows up and they're like, where's Katra? Katra. That bitch. And then we get the first, hey, Adora. <sighs> And then, of course, we have Smoke Bitch over here. Shadow, Shadow Weaver. I know her name. I was about to say it. I Listen, sometimes when you nickname someone... You, the you nicknames st- are good. You struggle with the actual name afterwards. Oh, I, just did, now on. I, I just didn't know his Is name. Who? Kyle. I thought it was Luke. I, what? Who's Luke? <laughs> you know Luke. Ow. You did that intentionally. Yes. Ow! Ow! I'm getting beaten up. No. Abuse. Um, no. And then you get... Okay. Opening... Like, talking about inclusivity. Mm -hmm. The fact that they're like, oh, you're gonna be fighting princesses. Why the fuck the first thing I thought of was Disney princesses and these bitches going at it? No, the first thing I thought was that one scene from the uh, Shrek 2 movie. Shrek 3. Yes. Is it 3? It's 3. Okay. Um, 
No, I thought it was when they're getting into the castle in two, when they're in far, far away, and they're about to attack the castle, and they have the giant cookie. No, they're not. They don't actually have princesses fighting with them. Yes, they yes, do. Yes, they do. So Snow White and uh, Rapunzel. That's that's three. Go that's to Google. Two. Or sorry, go to YouTube. No, but what I was thinking of when they said the princesses, mm-hmm. because I've also been watching a lot of the Little Mermaid. God damn, it is Shrek the Third. I'm so angry. I didn't know I watched that movie. Okay. It's Shrek 4 that sucks. Okay, well. You know what? This is fitting, because this actually reminded me of something else that I wanted to mention. Um, DreamWorks just be coming in here hitting it out of the park again with a fucking original series. True. Spin slash spinoff. True, true. Uh, they did all of the uh, How to Train Your Dragon series on Netflix, and... While not the best animation, and sometimes uh, kind of talking down to the audience just to have the kids, like mm-hmm. to, to have the kids centered episodes, um, was a damn good series. Uh, wasn't Troll Hunters also DreamWorks as well? Yes. And that was a really good series. And it had similar moments of talking down to the kids, but it was a. What the Troll, Troll Hunter movie was really good too. Heck yeah. Yep. So. Sorry, that was that was a brief side thing. We're, I just realized that Shrek is from DreamWorks, and that that we've come full circle. <laughs> yes, every um, road leads back to Shrek. No, but the reason I didn't think of uh, the Shrek princesses is I forgot about them. Valid. <laughs> I haven't seen Shrek three in a long time, but I thought of the actual like like the Disney princesses from Wreck It Ralph. Oh, the, the second, second one. one. When they all go, fight! Yep. 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 That scene. When you think, when I heard of the princesses, and then you actually meet a princess, which is Glimmer, and you see that, first of all, technically you meet Adora. She's not a princess yet. Shh. Shut up. I'm talking about what, I before, know, I'm you, I'm before you know, Adora's a princess, I guess. Um, I just thought she was badass. I didn't think she was a princess, but whatever. I mean, she, yes. Um, you meet Glimmer, and it Glimmer's not your typic, what you typically think of a princess. And by that, I mean she doesn't have this perfect figure and these fashionable clothes and this fashionable haircut and... A regal uh, appearance. A, a regal appearance. Like, if anything, her mom does... Yeah, she's a, she's a proper queen. But even her mom like has this air of like fuck with me and find out. Like, yes. Do you really want to try this? And in their first communication, it doesn't feel like a royalty communication. You know what I mean? It mm-hmm. feels like a parent. Uh, you it, didn't realize it was a parent at first, and you're like, damn, I wish my like if my commanding officer talked to me like that, I'd be like. And then you go, oh, that's her mom? Okay, that makes a little more sense. Yeah. May I piggyback off of that? Uh-huh. That scene where we first kind of hear from her and see the way that she talks to her mom and stuff like that. Glimmer? Yeah? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, sorry, you confused me. Sorry. I, was, I, I wasn't... I didn't have coffee today. Um, so... Um, it's one of the first times we see how this show kind of handles interpersonal communication. And yes. I love the way that they used 
the the way that you communicate in the horde and the way you communicate outside of the horde as like an active um juxtaposition no as an active drive throughout the entire series uh the way that adora has to relearn how to have friends how How to to function how to communicate how to deal with her emotions that are like like, like, when they go to relax, she's like, I've never done this. When they go to a party, she's like, what the fuck? The, the, the way that they continuously bring up those communication errors, when, when they brought up that Adora didn't know what an aunt was when they were visiting the aunt, I was like, oh my god, they remembered. They remembered that this bitch has only been in one place with no parents and no family. Right. She's been in barracks her entire yeah. life. It... it, it it was really cool because n- not just in that sense, but every way that they use communication through the majority of the show is pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, the communication that that they show between Glimmer and her mom felt really organic. As because like sometimes you get mom and daughter communication, and they're just like, "I love you so much, like daughter, you're just so perfect," and I'm just like, "Whoa, hi, what? No, that's not how an angry parent reacts." Mm-hmm. Because so many times in shows, they forget that adults are humans too, and they yeah. use adults as like shoehorning positive, either positive or negative um, characteristics towards our main characters. And Queen Angela is is a genuine character. She's not flat. No, and I also like how. Her communication style with her daughter is different on how she communicates with everybody else. Exactly. She, even though, and then she starts realizing that her daughter's growing up. Mm-hmm. And her communication style also changes with her daughter. Mm-hmm. And I also like the fact that you hear the subtlety of sadness in her voice when she talks about going to battle. Because... This whole time she's they, she's like we're gonna fight we're gonna fight but we're not actually fighting uh, our way of fighting is staying neutral. But even when she talks with talks like that, you can still see like there's a subtlety of sadness and you know there's a reason behind why she does this. You just don't learn it obviously until the end of the first season, mm-hmm. and then. And then the way the friends communicate. Best friend squad. (laughs) Best friend squad. Yeah, no, the way the friends communicate in both the Horde and in the, um, in the princess. Bright Moon? Yes, that one. There we go. The way they communicate is completely different because you see it first with, um, uh, Catra. Catra. Um, and Adora in the beginning how they communicate mm-hmm. and it's very brisk and still friendly like you know there's a sense of fam- familiarity but it's still very tense it's like tense. it's tense and it's like we have to have our conversations quickly because we don't know when we're going to be called to do something else not even just that is we can't be totally honest on how we're feeling mm-hmm. oh yeah and then um I would like to also mention how they have each princess have a different communication style. And it doesn't feel like a trope. 
because a lot of times in order to kind of force the dynamic of look at all of us and our different personalities they'll have like um the angry one the mm -hmm. sad one the emotionless one the happy one and they but they're not all like that they all have actual personalities and then like factors alongside them like um the the flower girl I don't care what her name is. Um, the flower girl, her um, her demeanor is that of a princess of the flowers. She is a happier person, but you see her get frustrated when she's dealing with the techie girl. And you see her go through a lot of emotion after that whole, you know, uh, debacle into the um, horde. And the techie girl, I love her. I love her. Um, She's amazing. And, and, and the way that the way that she communicates in a way that only makes sense to her and then has to force herself to mediate her words to ha like uh, let other people understand is something that is like really relatable mm -hmm. and not like it makes sense because she's in her own little world and also um I just I really like that a part of her character. The way that she genuinely struggles to do it. She's not like dumbing dumbing down to be rude she's genuinely thinking how do i break this down more because i thought i broke it down to a pretty good level right because there's this moment when they're in the horde and and trapped is explaining something to katra and she's like do you need me to explain math and not in like a rude condescending way she's just like i don't know what level of information i'm working with here so i need to know where we're at. Like, you're already asking me to break down something I thought was simple. How much do I have to break it down? Like, where where are we sitting? I love I love that that's, like... I love the way they use communication in this show. Because it's, it's really... It's something that kind of goes... Um, unnoticed? Over, yeah, unnoticed or, like... Underutilized in a lot of shows. Yeah. And they aren't using... This is a big pet peeve of mine. They aren't using lack of communication as a barrier for progress. They have omittance of communication, which I think is different mm -hmm. than lack of communication. Because that's two character a, character A and character B talking about how they feel about character C and then not doing anything about that when character C is around. They have similar moments, but they do not drive major parts of the plot. Right. Yeah. It is minor at best, and I feel like that is something that real people would do versus I refuse to talk about this until the right story beat comes up for me to talk about it. Well, that and even when they do have those side conversations about other characters, they do either get addressed by the end of the episode or addressed at the very beginning of the next episode. Yeah. Like it's it's not them talking shit. It's how do we address this problem without causing a, a flare-up, without, you know, upsetting someone, which is very real. Mm -hmm. um, no, I, I, I gotta admit, and it, it was interesting to see, because even though we're getting new communication styles being presented, they also continued with, Every time we were introduced to a new character, their new way of communication, and their sense, like, um, culture. Mm -hmm. it, it, it was a very much... I like how they made sure that the inclusivity 
that they did it with communication and with culture. And a, a way that they really shine with that is, again, in the very first episode, we get that conversation with Glimmer and her mom, and we get slapped back to the Horde, and Kat, I think it's Katra and Shadow Weaver having a, a similar themed conversation with totally different tonality. Yep. And it's just such a slap in the face of how toxic the Horde really is and versus a maternal figure trying her best when she's frustrated. Because, um, what's her, why can I never remember Glimmer's mom's name? I said it earlier. I believe you. Uh, yeah. Queen. Glimmer's mom. Glimmer's mom is like, I'm worried about you. I don't want you to die. Battle's not something to, to mess around with. It's not something to be taken lightly. And then we, we shoot back to the Horde, and Shadow Weaver's literally torturing Catra. <laughs> yep. And I don't know, it was a really good parallel and a really good juxtaposition to solidify who we're supposed to sympathize with versus who the antagonist, who the antagonist is in the, in the show. Yep. Uh, what did you mean by outfit? We're going to bounce for a moment. I have one major... I have two major pet peeves of this show. Sure. One of which is the fact that the second that, that Adora leaves the Horde, it's a huge issue that she has her jacket and her shirt. They write those scenes of her first experiencing the outer world as well just wear these hidden clothes until we can find you an outfit for outside of the horde it's written in a way that this is this is going to be a brief catalyst and we will fix it by hiding it mm -hmm. we're going to fix the issue by getting rid of the issue you're going to have outside clothes instead of inside clothes it also makes sense if she thinks that the Horde is evil now that she would maybe stop wearing their logo under her jacket. Okay? What? Um, and, you know, I don't know what happens in seasons two through five or the movie. There's no movie yet. I'm saying it just in case for posterity. Sure. I don't, I super don't know what happens in the movie. But I don't know for sure what happens in the rest of the show. It feels, though, like they just kind of forgot about that plot line. And literally, within seconds of making the reference, went, okay, we made the point. We had her get, we had the town get angry at her. Everything's fine. Now we're just never going to show her back again, and it's going to be okay. But you know what it, that felt like, I'll be honest. It's like, it feels, that feels very much like, um, like a cartoon thing that they do you know mm. like you have uh their care their one character design yeah but even in avatar the last airbender ang katara and zuko changed their clothes in the last arc and Toph. yeah they all, they get all changed nation. from their stuff to fire nation stuff because it made no logical fucking sense for them to be wearing their clothes in the fire nation fair because they would get found out in a second the I feel like the way that the only reason I feel this way is because of how they framed it yeah. in those scenes. They framed it as a level five deal and then treated it as a level one deal. 
So here's my thought mm-hmm. and hope. I don't know. Again, have not seen the rest of the seasons. Mm-hmm. Is part of it is that whole you know that whole episode where she's like, let it go, let go, let go. That's her way of holding on to her past. Maybe. I would be. But I would I be would, more okay with that if they actually deal with it in the future. Yeah, I hope they deal with it in the future. I don't know if they do, but that's what it feels like. At least in this season, this is her way of holding on to the past. Okay. Because she's still, she's still trying to save uh, Catra this whole fucking time, and she's still very much like, but Shadow Weevil raised me. And she can't be that bad. And then she's like, no, she's bad. She's bad. She's really bad. Because for a second there, you she had this whole mentality that it was just the bad guy who's the bad guy. Not the whole everybody there that's the bad people. Yeah. Um, that That's a good point. Um, I'm not going to say anything because I know more. That's fair. Um, I need coffee. Fucking same, dude. It's a weird vibe. I just realized in the studio today, guys. And I think it's because we're recording earlier than we normally do. And we, we've had a weird day from what we normally have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been a weird And also, it, it's, we, we, we didn't record last week, so we're already coming back to a vibe. Yeah, that's true. Um, while we're on gripes, could I also hit on continuity real quick? That's where I was going to... Because you were mentioning Club. gripes. This is my second gripe. How... They have not just given She-Ra the ability to summon her sword while in She-Ra form, or, and I don't care if this is, you need to just let me have this gripe for season one, or just excused away the fact that she can, like, just give her a summoning word that she can say that might pull the sword back to her, like Akio sword, whatever. They have Etheria the, as a as a magic word for just kind of like yeah see they, they okay. need to do stuff the amount of times she just flat out doesn't have the sword okay and i don't mean it's on her back i don't mean she's got it as the shield i mean she doesn't have the fucking sword no it's gone the, the, she doesn't have it there are several moments and i think this continues throughout the series <laughs> if i'm remembering correctly because um, where the fuck did she keep it at the prom well, that she, she the, handed it over. That that one is excused. She did hand it over, but like in the final scene, they make such a big deal when she drops the, the thing. But not a few seasons before she Some went episodes. from no a few scenes before that same episode. You said seasons. Oh, I'm sorry. I meant scenes. Sure. Um, a few scenes before in the same fucking episode, she went from hitting things with the sword to just running without the sword and then had the sword again. And then two minutes later went, guys, it's such a big deal. She dropped the fucking sword. Everybody brace yourselves. And when she first finds the tower, she gets knocked on her ass. They make a point of showing that the sword goes flying across the meadow. <laughs> yes. She's like, oh, what's that light over there? Gets up. Suddenly the sword's on her back as she's walking towards the tower. Yeah. And aside from that, there's also like small things that I'm hoping they kind of tidy up in season two. Um, the Specifically when like the first time the, the best friend squad works together, mm-hmm. um, they decide they're going to infiltrate the horde camp to like do some stuff which is smart it's fair where the fuck did they get those outfits 
Yeah, because they don't she show goes, them. She goes, don't worry, I have a plan. And then just has three nearly complete missing the helmets only. So, Which is so dumb. So the reason, the way I explained that away uh-huh. was that she knew where the extra uniforms were kept. She'd still have to get to them. She got to That's them. several stealth checks. It is. That is several self-checks that she basically just said, hey, guys, trust me. And why not wear the helmets? Why not wear the helmets? It would be so much smarter. They even had them point out that there was a shift change. They could have knocked out the people shifting. I know there were more. I've just forgotten them. And there, the nem- the, Oh, I know another one. Go ahead. The fact that Bo talks about how hard it is for him to make all these arrows. Because he doesn't get arrows that often. Mm-hmm. You never see him pick, and th- pick them back up after he shoots them. That and... And his quiver's always full. Except that one time. Speaking of that one time, he only used the three arrows he showed in the beginning of the episode. And he had a qu- he had quiver. He had a whole quiver. <laughs> And he went, nope, I've only got the three. One of them I need to save for the end of the episode because it's going to come in handy next time. Wink. I swear to God, that was my least favorite episode of the entire season. It was so poorly paced. The Entrapta episode? I guess, yeah. It, it was, okay. I think where she gets introduced and they have to go through the castle and they get lost. They had It had a lot of potential, and I really liked the way that the virus also infected um, Adora, mm. but I didn't appreciate I don't know, the way that they kind of had Bo turn into this, like, just because you don't have powers doesn't mean you're weak, felt like somehow pandering <laughs> or, like, talking down. It, it, was, it was a very boring episode for me I can't explain why. It just felt very it felt very out of place. It like I yes. wouldn't have expected something like that to maybe come later or have yeah. some kind of build up to need that. Cause like it would have made sense if he was feeling a little insecure about himself in the position of the best friend squad. Right. And like him being like, Oh yeah, all I've got is this fucking wood with some string. Yeah. <laughs> and then Glimmer being like, Oh no, it's still, like I don't know what I would do without you, Bo. You're my best friend. But no, it's it's instead. I think I think that episode was supposed to highlight Bo's potential as a leader in Fair. his own right. Um, Didn't do that. I I think it missed the mark on that. But I would agree that feels like the, where they were trying to go. And like that gets built on later in the the, the series. I won't elaborate exactly how, but. Um. Yeah, I, the Entrapta episode wasn't my favorite, and I think it was due to pacing. Um, some of these episodes, the pacing's like what the. Fuck? But I love Entrapta as a character. Oh That's God, not, yeah, this is yeah, no, no, no. Entrapta has so many rights, and not like in the morality way. <laughs> no, she's she's very much coded very as morally inept. She's very much coded as um autistic. No, the, I was going to say a mad scientist because she's yeah. willing to put the people she loves in, at risk to further her own learning. A lot of a lot of the fan response to Entrapta 
it that's fair. I can see where they're getting that from. I just I I'm getting some maliciously um oh what's the word? Like I don't get malicious. No, 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 no. Let me... Malicious pursuit of knowledge. See, for me, I didn't read hers that. It was more of, these people can get me what I want. I mean, she doesn't really perceive morality, I guess. Like, uh, the the trope of the um, scientist willing to put aside the greater good... For the pursuit of their knowledge, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. only to inevitably regret that pursuit later when it comes back to bite them in the ass, when it hurts their friends or their village or whatever they care about, reeked in this in this season, like stunk to high hell. Yep, it, I could smell. I saw her and I went, "Oh no," <laughs> because literally she's oh, standing. No. She's standing in her fucking home. Filled with evil robots. <laughs> Sparkle bitch goes, hey man, I think it's time to call this a failed experiment. And she goes, no, it's not a failure. It's pretty much a failure. But like, maybe if you spin it the right way, it's not really a failure. Because I did learn some stuff. And Glimmer's just standing there like, bitch. Bu- buddy. Hello, pal. <laughs> um, that That's... That's where I'm coming from. That's a fair assessment of season one in Trapta. <laughs> um, okay. Also, her name sounds like I'm entrapping you. Entrapta. She she built a literal maze out of her, her castle. I don't need your explanations. I've already got my own. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I just thought it was funny. Oh, spring springboarding off of Entrapta mm-hmm. and how she flips over to um, the Horde. Do we want to talk about how Catra used propaganda essentially to manipulate her and how the Horde? I didn't. I don't like, think they used propaganda to. They they I feel prepar- like they brainwashed her in the sense that they're like your friends abandoned you. I feel like that is less propaganda and more like. Um, like abuse of power. Yeah, sure. Because no matter what, in that scenario, Entrapta was the prisoner. Was she easily trapped? No, but she was still effectively a prisoner. Like, if they got tired of her shenanigans, they could have easily put her out of commission just for ease. You mm-hmm. know. Um, and I think t- to some level, Entrapta realized that that like. Yeah, she's getting, like, she starts to, like, test the boundaries of how far out of her, her, like, constraints she can get. But, like, it's a test. Because first it's just a piece of hair. And then it's, you know. Her arms. The arms. And then she walks around and goes, oh, sorry, immediately back up. Like, which arm goes where? Um, And then the more, like, the more comfortable she gets in the, I don't think you're going to kill me if I keep pushing my boundaries, the more she pushes the boundaries. Right. Um, I think to some level she knew that that was the position she was in and was in a vulnerable enough position to fall prey to lies. Sure. Actually, it's not even really lies. She doesn't... They don't really know what happened. Catcher... Okay. 
They think she's dead. Yeah. Sure. The 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 I princesses. Don't see why though? That's the thing. There was fire. The, the door shut on her. That the, was all I saw. No, the door shut, and you see the green flames come through the window of the door. Oh. Yeah. There's a there's a pretty major shit. explosion when they okay, leave fine. and trapped it. Okay. Fine. Um, and I concede. As they were running through the other rooms, every room that they ran through, you saw green flames behind them. Oh. Okay, okay. And then, um, what's her face? The one you can't forget her name. Adora? Adora told them that it was, once the things would close, they would um, purge them. Oh, that's right, that's right. Mm. So it was Adora's fault again. Yep. Oh, sorry. Did I say that out loud? Yes. It's true, though. I mean... I've already said the words. Most of the problems in the show are caused by Adora and her inability to communicate effectively. I mean, yeah, but, like, I can't really blame her. It's not her fault she was raised by savages. <laughs> effectively raised in a cult. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um... But, yeah, I, I see what you mean, like, the abuse of power versus the propaganda, because... There you have um, Katra, yep, mm-hmm. who continues to follow the horde based on what she was told, and then she's like, "But it's fun to be evil." I I think the vibe that I was getting was less fun to be evil, and okay, because for for me, I kind of struggled a little bit separating the plot lines because. Once the reveal is made to the audience, it's hard to keep in mind that the reveal hasn't been made to all the characters. Catra does not know everything we know. Yep. What she knows is my best friend, and definitely not crush, um, what, who said that, um, abandoned me out of nowhere, left me here with my abuser by myself, and now I am being forced to try and pay for her crimes. So again like, and again and again. Again and again and again. So I think from, from her perspective, you have to see it as like, you have to try and see it as a um, unfortunate situation in a bad household. Like if you're in a really bad environment and you're the one that's constantly picked on, but your older sibling stands up for you all the time, and then your older sibling moves out and doesn't take you with them, that yeah. feels like betrayal, Yeah. no matter how you spin it. And that feeling of betrayal takes a long time to work through, if at all. Yeah. That's um, kind of where my brain was at, just just by trying to see it from her perspective. Okay. Se- season one, Catcher definitely isn't peak. She she's much more. You left me again with, like Jay said, with my abuser in a toxic environment that you ran away from. Because so you obviously know it's a toxic environment, and you left me. So I'm gonna show you how well I can thrive without you protecting me, in hopes that I can convince you to come back, so we can be together. Okay, okay, okay. And not in the like. Obviously, there are unspoken tensions between them, but they're still best friends at that point. They're, they're... She's not leaning into the maliciousness just yet. She's doing 
what she has to to ensure her own survival at this point. Yep. Now that I do 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 understand. Um, I don't know. It it was a very. I think personally with her, I I would agree with what I had mentioned earlier to you or we had mentioned together mm-hmm. is that she's very much in that she was holding herself back to help um Adora su- succeed because she didn't want to subject Adora to the same abuse she was suffering. Yep. Um and then acted like nonchalant but she was really in pain. Right. She was hiding her pain. She, oh my god. Castro was constantly subjecting herself to a worse and worse situation in order to protect Adora. And the fact that Adora didn't see it, didn't acknowledge it, and then proceeded to abandon her hurt more than anything else. Yeah. And we really get that when they're um, during, I think the episode's called Let Go, when they go through like the, the, the memory the mindscape. Memory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You see the this the abuse she goes through, right? For her. Well, plus, like, there there is a thing in like child psychology with like the favorite child syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the one angel and the scapegoat, and Catra was labeled the scapegoat. Yeah, yeah. And since we're going in depth with Catra, 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 whatever. My home girl, my home G, my OG. Mm-hmm. Um, as a character. So <laughs> anyway. And you're shocked. Why? Keep going. Um, I guess we'll start the character discussions. Sure. That way we could get it in. Uh... So let's start with Katra. I'm gonna go ahead and say she's a rogue. Rogue or monk? Rogue, you're right. Rogue. I mean, as a character, she was very... She... She was just in pain. Someone needed to hug her. And oh, she definitely needs a hug. Her. Can someone hug her, please? I think Scorpia gave her a hug in season one. She did not want that hug from Scorpia, and you fucking she, know it. She did not. She got a hug, though. <laughs> you asked for someone to give her a hug. Not that someone. Um, so, Catra, Sarogue, I thought as a character she was very, I I loved how they portrayed her. Um, I can't wait to see what they do with her as a character. Mm -hmm. I want her to find love. Well, she's found it, she just needs to reel it. And that is Thunder, ladies and gentlemen. Thunderbolt and lightning, very, very frightening me, Galilea. Mamma Mia. Galileo. I don't fucking care. <laughs> I'm scared. It was a lot. Um, like suddenly, we have the D&D during this. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. So, Scorpia. Scorpia. That's another character that I think, the way they introduced her, you're like, she's going to be a badass. And then she talks and you're like, I love you. Himbo. I love you. Evil himbo. Evil himbo. Uh, so are we classifying... She's really strong. She's a fighter. Is that what we're talking about with her? 
No, I was trying to talk to her about her as a character. Oh, you can talk about the character. You can't just say what they are. Sure. Because, isn't that what we do? We talk about the character. We do. I'm just being funny. I'm sorry. I'm worried about the time crunch. I know. Um, yeah, so she's honestly so well-written and, and ignorant and bliss. And it's so easy to see why she became evil. She was raised in it. No. She wasn't. Oh, no, she... Her family got attacked by the Horde. They took their crystal, and she's like, do you... You can either join us or die. And she's like, well, the other princesses hate me anyway, so I might as well just join you. I'm thinking of later information, so I'm just going to shut up. Good. I agree. I feel like the... The way that she got into the Horde is a valid tactic to survive a dictator of this sorts, mm-hmm. but not necessarily the correct choice. Yeah, sure. Like it's not the more it's not the morally correct choice, but I understand where they're coming from and making that choice. And I think it's really interesting that they allowed a character to be that morally gray. Yeah, because that's that's a really hard chance to take a stance to take, especially with her being so happy-go-lucky. Yeah, yeah. They they really took a risk on her as a character, and I think it really paid off. Oh, absolutely. Um, aside from that, I think she would be a rogue as well. I'm actually going to pitch that I. I think most of the people that leave the horde are rogues, <laughs> but specifically one that she didn't leave the horde. She, or get trained in the horde. Oh. Um, that my bad. Misspeak. Uh, but specifically one that deals in poison. Because her tail is literally poison. So like an assassin rogue, maybe? Yeah. With the seafarer's background. <laughs> um Mermista. Wait. She was one of my favorite characters. I'm sorry. Her personality... Like, I don't give oh a my fuck God. anymore. I loved her. She was so fun. She shut up and I went... <laughs> and then she's like, get this himbo away from me! Yeah. Okay, um, real quick, I'm going to add something in that I forgot to mention earlier. Um, it's another gripe, but it's a small baby one. Um, um, Sam and I were talking about um, season one versus other seasons and that season one might not be the best like way to get hooked um and i'm wondering as a brief spoiler Mm. in season two do they take on a more episodic writing style for the episodes because the the rerun-esque style of you know closed opens and closed endings Mm -hmm. is it gets kind of old halfway through season one yeah um light spoilers um Season two, they're dealing with the ramifications of the season one finale, and Hordak and the Horde are taking a much more proactive effort to overtake Bright Moon and the remaining kingdoms of the princesses. So they're dealing with a lot more um, wartime aspects, and so it's much more episodic as opposed to um, like more Star Trek-y type episodes where it's like a closed episode and like there's minor continuity throughout the entire like um minor continuations throughout the whole series so you get characterization and Mm -hmm. stuff like that but it's not like you have to 
watch one episode to know what's going on in the next episode kind of thing, you know? Yeah. See, that's what I was hoping it didn't do. I wanted them to do more epi- less episodic, more storied. Yeah, 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 that's what they do. Okay, I thought you were saying the opposite. I was like, oh, No, 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 season one does the closed open Star trek stuff. Okay, okay. And then good, in good, season good. two, we deal with more um, story-based flow of them dealing with the ramifications of the war and the horde attacking on a more regular basis and how do we handle this and like okay and like you get that like episode one season or season two episode one so cool i'm very okay i'm I'm really excited for season two then because i feel like i feel like it's gonna hit a lot harder in a lot of ways that i'm really excited yep sorry Uh, no you're good mermista yeah, she was my fave. We were talking about her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what do we want to oh, classify her as? She's just a magic caster. I don't know. She's not a druid? No. Does druid have just a water class? Ganassi. She... She's a water ganassi. Oh, yeah. Okay. But that's not a class. She could be an elemental monk Ooh. with the homebrew of waterbender. I like that. Elemental monk. Okay. Perfuma. Just give her druid. Don't we want to talk about the character, you guys? Don't we want to talk about the character, you guys? <laughs> She's I great. Love, I love how she went from being like, we would, we just want to be peaceful and live in our sacred land that we've lived in forever. And then the second this this one girl is like, I will fight for you. She goes, get the war bells. <laughs> it's the funniest shit I've ever heard. I love and then, while, while fighting said war, while fighting said war, she goes, hey, Bo, do you want to go with me to the dance? It's great. I love how everyone throughout the series just falls in love with Adora. They see her and go, oh, wow, I'm in love. <laughs> and Adora's like, uh, thank, thank you. You may have misplaced your affection, but I will do my best to uphold it. Yep. <laughs> what is love? Baby, don't, don't hurt, hurt me. me. Don't hurt me. No more. I have emotional baggage. Please don't. <laughs> so, um, Druid. Yes. I, I would say druid. I don't know what else she could be with manipulation of plants. <laughs> um, Trapta, I feel like we don't need to... We already went pretty in-depth with her. She's a technomancy yes. wizard. Technomancy wizard? I, I thought she was a... Artificer. Artificer. Was what I was going to argue. Okay. I am going to soft argue for technomancy wizard a little more. Only because she doesn't have any inventions of her own, only modified inventions that she's found. She makes Emily. Out of. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, that, that's the only reason. Because it feel, for, from my brain, it felt like she was walking in and boosting what was already there. That's yes. very fair. Maybe she has a tinkerer's kit. Sure. But, yeah, that, that, was, that was my brain. Bo, Ranger. Done. I love him so much. He's, he's a good he's a, character. He's a good character, and he tries to be this uniting glue. I'm waiting for his break. <laughs> That's fucking fair. That's very That's fair. Very fair. That's very I'm fair. waiting for his mental break. Glimmer. Sparkles. Can she just be a wizard? She can be a wizard. 
But as a character, Glimmer's... Okay, can, I don't I, dislike her. I she just, was very annoying yes. in her introduction. She was very annoying in her introduction and very, um, very rushed. It felt like because it felt like they had this direction they wanted to go with her of being like really headstrong and really like go do this thing. Like this is what I want to do, and there's nothing that will stop me. And also, I hate Adora. There's nothing that will change that. And like an episode later, she turns into this big lady and everything changes. Everyone falls in love with she I get it. it I, I don't know. Yeah. So she's a wizard. Um, Seahawk. Rogue. Or bard. 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 With his sea shanty. I love him. I, I might have accidentally said rogue earlier. I meant bard. He's, he is... Um, He's a bard. He put so many points in charisma, they started going negative again. <laughs> like that's that's how maxed out he is. A wonderful himbo. Yes. Negative intelligence, 20 charisma. That's all he's got going for him, man. A little bit of dex to make sure he doesn't die. Just a little dex. As a treat. As a treat. Fighter. I was going to say paladin. Who? Adora. I don't, I don't know why I thought you said piter. I don't know what the fuck a piter would be, but that's what I heard. I said a fighter. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Mm, I see now. Um, I, I would argue paladin. Because she literally has an oath for the honor of Grayskull. Fine! That's very fair. I would... I Fine. Mm, would we say that that is Adora or She-Ra? Do we want to classify them as different characters? Because we can. The only reason I ask is because... Shira has a completely different stat block. Yep. Very fair. Then I would say Shira's a paladin. Yes. I would agree with that wholeheartedly. I think Adora would be a fighter. Yep. Correct. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. And Swift Wind. That's our last motherfucker to talk about. I, I, I love Swift Wind. I have a theory. I can't speak. Okay. He's going to have a lizard friend. What? You just want Pascal from fucking Tangled. Because. Oh, she's not denying it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because Adora hits a lizard with the sword and does the same shit she did to. Um... You're not wrong. Does that make a dragon? <gasps> it's a bearded dragon. Mushu? Is it just Mushu? Is no. that what you want? No, I want them to go to full D and D. Yes, <laughs> they do have a D and D episode later. Oh, fucking course they do. Of course they they do. know um, their demographic. They do. <laughs> um, so, are we giving him a class of his own? I feel like maybe next season we really don't get a lot of him this season. It feels no. like he's building up his character's backstory right now. Because since he has full autonomy as an animal companion, he's not really an animal companion. He's a friend. With a bond he, with a he, party member. He built his own... He has his own autonomy. He he doesn't have to be with them to be doing something. I just genuinely don't... Like, he freed all the horses. Magic? Adjacent? Oh, I, feel like, I feel like right now he's a... He's a player character being developed. Sure. A, a homebrew unicorn race... With some stats and definitely a class to follow. Sure. But they're not in the game yet. 
so we don't know. All we know is that it's going to be a fucking nightmare trying to figure out how this person's going to roll. Sure. Yep. However, the affinity for wanting the mace tells me that he might be a fighter at heart. Yep. Or maybe a barbarian horse. I'm just making sure we got all of our uh, characters. For the season one, I think for we did. One. Who's that bitch? This bitch? I, that's from the 80s version. Oh. Okay. Um, all right, so those are all of our characters. I think we got everything. Yeah. Okay. Three, Three two. So in summary, Catra's a rogue. Scorpia is a rogue, specifically assassin. Uh, Mermista, we got a little specific with Water Ganassi, Elemental Monk with some homebrew flavor. Perfume is a druid. Uh, Entrapta is a technomancy wizard. Bow is a ranger. Glimmer is a wizard. Uh, Seahawk is a bard. Swiftwind is TBD, but an animal companion nonetheless. Um, Adora is a fighter, with She-Ra being a paladin. Yes. Final thoughts? I gotta watch the rest of the seasons mm-hmm. because I'm sorry. I, I started watching it and the fact that Adora still has no fucking control of the sh- the the way this sword changes mm-hmm. makes me want to continue watching. Especially when she turns it into a coffee mug. That's season two. I know, it's season two, season episode one, so it's not like I'm ruining any, anything. Yeah, that's, that's the cold open for that episode. Um, She's like, What? And then she smacks someone with it, so. So was that a yes? Oh, yeah. Go see it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I forgot what we were doing. You're good. You're good. Uh, it's been that kind of month. Are you done? Yeah, go see it. <laughs> Close the door. I have mental issues, and I don't know how to handle them. You're good. You're good. Um. Ask the person. I just kicked you. You. I wasn't even gonna mention it. I was just gonna roll with it. Anyway, um, as the person who recommended the show to the podcast, who has seen all five seasons, please go watch it. It's one of my favorite comfort shows. We talk about comfort shows a lot on this show, specifically with Myra, because we've done most of her, uh, a good number of hers. <laughs> I'm being shot fired. No, I don't mean it in a shots fired way. It's just we have done a lot of yours. Um, you know, and I didn't do it on purpose. I just randomly roll a dice and choose the shows. Sure, sure, sure. That's fair. This isn't, again, this isn't shots fired. This is just we, we've, you've been like, oh, this is a comfort show of mine. Oh, this is a comfort movie of mine. Anyway. Plus, some of the ones that you've chosen were, we, some we all put on there. It just happened to hit you the hardest. Yeah. <laughs> um, I really enjoy the character development that happens throughout the show. The how we get to watch these characters grow and season one it's season one and season one isn't necessarily the best the best but it's a good base to build off of there's a lot of foreshadowing that i didn't notice in the first watch through that's uh, that i appreciate knowing where the show's going so please go watch it um i wasn't planning on super loving this show going into it and i feel like the charm got to me so um this this was a more fun watch than i was expecting um i did have some gripes but like i mean it's season one and it's a short season one like 
I love Steven Universe. That doesn't mean all of season one Steven Universe is good. <laughs> Most of it's filler. I know what you think, Rebecca Sugar. I said what I said. Um, it's It happens. Some season, some season ones aren't great, but it had enough to hook that it wasn't a suffering game throughout the entire thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that is good enough to try a season two, and especially knowing that, you know, some of the stuff that I'm, like, not super able to connect with, like, the pacing is going to get fixed in season two. And also that she turns the sword into a mug, which I'm very excited to see. It's so funny. Um, I'm very excited to watch season two and beyond. Um, and yeah, this wasn't something that I thought that I was going to like. I didn't think it was going to resonate with me, but it, it's pretty good. Um, I would say go watch this. Maybe binge season one so that you can get to season two. Yep. Yeah. That's three yeses, you guys. You know, we still, we got to really find a no. Honestly. I, I thought maybe one of you were going to say no to a day without a Mexican. I'm glad you didn't because it's still. It was a very good. educational. It was yes. hysterical. Um, you, you picked a satire film for bitches who love satire. I did. That fucking scar. I will never forget. <laughs> I was telling one of my coworkers about this one movie I watched where they would not put the fucking bruise in the same spot. Anyway. All right. My dad's want to see it again. Without further ado, thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you want more content or want to see some of the things we referenced in the show or just want to say hi, please follow us at WSIWST Podcast on Instagram and Twitter or at Why Should I Watch That on TikTok and Facebook. We've also got a YouTube channel, which is now updated, where you can listen to our episodes and also watch our live show. Maybe more soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've had our snacks. <laughs> We've said our facts. We've told you if you should watch that. Have a good night. Good night, guys. Hello, LGBT community. Welcome to Pride Month. You know what we're doing. Here is your hint. Closet now. Seriously? Uh. Oh.